0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of my Save Bet show. I have a great pleasure and great privilege to welcome Shelley White as my guest. Welcome to the show, Shelley. It's great
1: to have you. Great to be here, Martin. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure and privilege for me as well. Wonderful. So this is
0: our next summer special. For those of you who are interested, I have managed to travel despite all COVID testing and other restrictions from Portugal to my home country of the Czech Republic, but I'll be on my way back to London in a very foreseeable future and then, fingers crossed, finally to North America, and I'm talking about North America because, of course, Shelley White is the chief executive of Responsible Gambling Council based in Toronto. Ontario, and before we delve into the interview, and before I briefly introduce Shelley to those, arguably those few of you who wouldn't have met her yet, let me just say that I knew all along that Shelley would be a fantastic guest, but she's managed to beat my expectations, and she's managed to do it by a country mile, because besides providing her CV, from which I will quote, in a second. She's also been kind enough to do most of my job for me and by means of drafting quite a few questions that we will be discussing today. So without any further ado, do allow me to introduce Shelley to you in her own words. She's Truly a visionary, results-driven executive with over 20 years of management experience, a genuinely transformational leader, very passionate about creating positive social change and optimizing human potential. And she has most definitely proven herself successful, not only in her role as the chief executive of responsible gambling Council, but also in her previous roles, for example, as the President and CEO of United Way of Peel Region and prior to that, of course, as the Executive Director of Kidney Foundation of Canada Central Ontario. Once again, Shelley, welcome to the show, thanks for taking the time, and if I may ask my first question sticking to greater ontario or sorry rather greater toronto the ontario region throughout your career you've been intimately associated with that region so what does make this part of the world special
1: for you Well, uh, first of all, um, I have to say it's um, my husband, Gordon. and our daughters have lived in the greater Toronto area for over 35 years. We just love this area. It's so beautiful and so cosmopolitan. I mean, you've got people from all over the world living here, so it's extremely vibrant. I mean, we've got access to... You know, just um, food from all over the world, music, art, theater, um, and um, just um, tremendous experiences. But it's also, um, there's, we're a very active family. We love to golf and hike and and cycle. And so there's lots of great green spaces and trails for us to, um, to explore. So uh, for all those reasons, it's been a great place to um, work, live, and play. Um, And as you mentioned, um, Martin, you know, prior to joining RGC four years ago, I worked for three global organizations, the YMCA, the Kidney Foundation and the United Way. And, you know, each of these organizations had a very strong commitment to policy and social change and corporate social responsibility in the areas of health promotion, mental health and addictions, poverty reduction, um, student success and diversity inclusion and anti-racism so you know um some really really interesting experiences working for those organizations if i think back to the ymca and some of the work that i did with you know the, the government and um you know um uh The justice system and the education system around creating a harm reduction program for youth that were using substances. I mean, that was just such a cool experience. And then if I think about, um, you know, with the Kidney Foundation, working with corporations, the healthcare system and government on developing a province-wide organ donation system that um, just learned um, a few months ago has made a dramatic increase in increasing the number of people who have committed to donating their organs, and kidney transplants have gone up 80%, which is just absolutely, you know, it's really fulfilling and gratifying to be part of that kind of change. And then lastly, with the United Way, you know, supporting um, immigrants from Syria and Somalia to come to Ontario to create new lives for themselves um, after experiencing tremendous violence and war um, in their countries, and then taking all of that and applying it to an extraordinary organization like the like the Responsible Gambling Council and working with the gambling industry has been um, just tremendous.
0: And having gathered all this phenomenal experience and having been so successful in connection with such laudable. Causes. would you see any patterns that you would have experienced or observed in your previous roles that now are being replicated or can be applied to the gambling industry?
1: Almost oh, definitely. I think that probably the one of the key learnings, Martin, and the key commonalities bec- between all of these different experiences is the power of collaboration. You know, and um, working with the corporate sec, you know, the corporate sector, public sector, nonprofit organizations, and um, you know, leveraging our unique uh, resources and skills and expertise to address complex issues and come up with, you know, comprehensive solutions that um, are workable is, um, I, I think the best approach. And we've certainly have continued to um, see this kind of approach be successful um, within RGC and the gambling industry. And if I may pick up on the point you have just made about collaboration,
0: in your experience, do you believe that the willingness of the industry and the level of collaboration that it's prepared to deploy with the likes of RGC, and we'll come on to talking about RGC in in a minute. Do you think that the level of willingness is increasing? And if that is hopefully the case, what do you believe has motivated this, I would even call it a change or evolution, because arguably 10, 15 years ago, I reckon that... uh, this would have been a completely different kettle of fish. It's not as though, all those years back, responsible gambling would have necessarily been on the top of the agenda, including of the then industry
1: leaders. Yeah, um, most definitely, uh, Martin. I mean, having the opportunity to work with you and um, you know many other operators, what we're seeing is a real commitment. To both building a successful, sustainable business, and seeing consumer protection or player health as being integral parts of that, um, and we're seeing it amongst regulators as well, and um, that is really gratifying to see that kind of shared vision um, with respect to and understanding the um, the role that. Um, and the integration and the alignment of player health and, and the contribution it makes to building a strong, reputable, sustainable gambling industry. And
0: um, I'm This podcast, I would normally, as part of the few introductory questions, talk about sports. But having grappled with myself, I've decided to resist the temptation to pick up on the Maple Leafs' recent run of success. So I will rather pick up on a different theme that will hopefully be aligned with the points that you have just made about collaboration. Because uh, Shelley White... You have been a very successful leader of the Responsible Gambling Council in Ontario, south of the border. There happens to be a gentleman by the name of Keith White, who has been very successfully leading the National Council on Problem Gambling in the United States. So, is there something in that extended, perhaps extended family, that leans itself towards leading (laughs) on responsible gambling and corporate social responsibility programs, you reckon? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, Martin, I get asked that question. I, I think Keith and I get asked that question a lot. So it's just coincidence that our last names are the same. Um, they're actually not spelled the same. But I can tell you that um, uh, Keith and I do have a common vision and commitment to, um, you know, providing leadership and working with uh, regulators, operators and uh, the gambling industry on, um, you know, supporting and creating a responsible gambling and harm prevention culture Um, and so um, yeah that's and we work we do a lot of work our teams do a lot of work together um, in terms of sharing knowledge and expertise to advance um, harm prevention and promote responsible gambling throughout North America and globally. And needless to say that as an industry, we truly appreciate that
0: collaboration between the two organizations. And of course, many other organizations are involved under the umbrella that uh, has been created by both RGC and NCPG. And I suppose it goes without saying that you might be facing rather similar issues considering the regulatory big boom, both in a number of US states and also recently in Ontario. But before we move on talking to the critical role you have played in the recent regulatory processes in Canada and in the province of Ontario, would you like to tell the audience a little more about the Responsible Gambling Council that you've been chairing, what the vision is, what it is that you've been trying and you have achieved?
1: Yes, certainly. Thank you, Martin. So um, for those who are not familiar with RGC, we are an independent nonprofit organization that's been dedicated to advancing responsible gambling in Canada and globally for over 35 years. And quite simply, our mission is to prevent problem gambling and reduce its impacts. Our vision is a world free of problem gambling. And our organization is guided by four key values. Humanity. You know, we care about people and making a positive contribution to their lives. Integrity. We conduct our work honestly, ethically with evidence. We want to build trust. We want to make evidence informed decisions. And we're committed to excellence. Uh, courage, the courage to do the right thing, say the right thing, tell, take calculated risks and explore new opportunities and being prepared to continuously change and adapt and f- Last but not least, ingenuity and um, how important it is. You know, the, the gambling industry is changing um, dramatically. Um, it's important to continue to innovate and pivot. Um, and certainly this year has been a true test of that, the importance of being prepared to be resilient and pivot and change in order to be relevant and provide meaningful, responsible gambling services. And just a quick story, Martin, I mean, These values and this mission has been entrenched in RGC since the very beginning. We were actually founded by a gentleman by the name of Tibor Barsoni who had a gambling disorder. And um, he spent some time incarcerated and it was during that time that he established this vision and to create an organization that would prevent other individuals from experiencing the same kind of pain and suffering that he had and um, experienced. And he dedicated his life to this when he um, returned back to society and actually went and received training from Robert Custer in the United States so that he could actually become a, um, a counsellor and support to individuals. He passed away just a couple of years ago. I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to meet Tibor and still continue to uh, meet with and uh, talk to his wife about Tibor's legacy.
0: Well, at at this point, all I could say is amen and express my personal gratitude and I suppose the industry's gratitude for people like Tibor and other visionaries who indeed have plucked up the courage to dedicate their lives to causes like this because having dealt with uh, quite a few recovered addicted gamblers, I can, I suppose, glean. I can't tell because I don't think that I would ever be able to take that leap unless, and hopefully I will be able to avoid that, end up going down that route myself. So uh, what I'm trying to say, it's very difficult to imagine what, what what that is like. But coming back from situations like that, I believe, and then being prepared To dedicate one's life to helping others is, in my view, truly phenomenal. And we should be absolutely grateful for people like that. I appreciate that not only at Antain, but perhaps the industry at large, we've really started focusing on the use of technology for responsible gambling purposes. But at the same time, I would suggest that we mustn't forget about what I would call human touch. Because ultimately, we are talking about human beings, and we are talking about people's lives. So thank you very much for introducing exactly. Responsible, Responsible Gambling Council. And if we now quickly move on to the role that you've played in the recent regulatory processes on both the Canadian federal level and in Ontario. Needless to say that after years and years, the Canadian... Government has, I would suggest, finally made a very smart decision of revoking the ban on single sports wagering. And of course, the province of Ontario is at the moment in the throes of regulating its future online gambling market. And I appreciate this may be a bit of a crystal ball glazing, but how do you reckon will the Ontario market evolve, from your perspective or from a more generic perspective? And do you believe that other Canadian provinces will follow suit?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it, it has. You're right, Martin. It has been quite a journey. Um, in fact, you know, making that amendment to the Criminal Code. Um, has been a journey of over 10 years. Um, And so the fact that uh, Bill C-218 was passed last month and um, now allowing the um, provinces to legalize single event sports betting is certainly um, a welcome policy change. Um, You know, two years ago, the province of Ontario announced that it would be moving forward with the expansion of internet gambling um, in the province. And um, they immediately contacted us and so for the past two years RGC has been working closely with the government and with the regulators and operators to prepare for this expansion of iGaming and single event sports betting in Ontario and Canada. Um, we've been directly involved in the policy change in the development of the RG standards within the regulation. Um, we've been talking to the operators about RG accreditation so that they can demonstrate their uh, alignment with those uh, regulations and also talking to the province about what other program services, supports are required within the province to prevent problem gambling and also support individuals who may find themselves um, at risk. Um, we think that going forward we know that Ontario is moving rapidly and expect that um, by December that iGaming and single event sports betting will be um, operational in the province of Ontario. Um, shortly after Bill C-218 was um, passed, BCLC, the, um, the crown operator in BC, announced that it would be offering single event sports betting on its platform. So BC is certainly committed to um, uh, making that available to individuals in BC. We understand, I expect that um, Alberta Will be uh, will also be um, moving forward. And Saskatchewan, we know that uh, through conversations with um, SEGA that they plan on expanding iGaming as well. And I we expect that the rest of the provinces will follow suit. Um, we've got a very, we've you know Canada and Ontario have had a very strong, robust regulatory system for um, gaming for um, decades. Um, We know that this is the best way to, you know, to keep people safe and to ensure that they Um, that there is a safer gambling culture within the country Um, and that was the reason why we advocated actually at the federal level with the the House of Commons and with the Senate that you know it was important to pass this bill to ensure that a regulatory framework could be put in place and that we could eliminate the illegal operators who put individuals at tremendous risk. So I think that over the course, we believe at RGC that over the course of the next few years there's going to be a tremendous expansion of iGaming and single-event sports betting in Canada. Canadians love, um, um, you know, watching, spectating um, professional sports: the NHL, the NFL, the MLB, the NBA. Um, soccer is is also hugely popular, um, and um, you know, and you know, gambling is a um, an entertaining part of that entire experience. So um, we expect that there's going to be tremendous growth and that RGC is going to be at the forefront working with all of the provincial regulators and operators to support them in the development and implementation of a strong, uh, responsible gambling regime um, in in each province, as well as Canada collectively. And that's indeed one of the many reasons why I've always liked the Canadians, the
0: sports obsession, although being Czech, I have to admit that unfortunately our hockey preferences could have never been aligned. But if we were to move on, we started talking about the responsible gambling standards that can be expected to be deployed in the province of Ontario. And it is very clear that the provincial government and other authorities and the future regulator will be laying a lot of emphasis on those. So if I may use this statement as a springboard into a couple of quick fire questions, because we are still hopefully now at the tail end of the pandemic. But in your view, in what way has the pandemic impacted the lie of the land when it comes to responsible gambling? And one of your previous points, do you think that with the expansion of internet or, if you will, online gambling through Canada, technology will be playing an ever-increasing role, not only in terms of offering gambling products, but also, crucially, in terms of protecting customers going forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, right, Martin, in terms of – so, yes, the pandemic, we know, has had a – a significant impact on player behavior and you know our team being proactive spent most of 2020 studying the impact of COVID-19 on gambling behavior and have provided this information to both regulators and operators um, as well as applying that information to RGC's um, own you know um, RG messaging products and services um, and public education programs. So um what we have found is that you know the pandemic because people were isolated at home because of lockdowns and the casinos were closed and the sea gaming facilities were closed, really the only access they had was to eye gaming as well as purchasing lottery tickets on, um, online and in Canada, you know, um, making parlay bets, um, in accordance with our legislation. What we did find is that there actually, there was an increase in online gambling in Ontario. Um, and that, um, and that um, those individuals that were at most risk of developing a moderate to high risk um, gambling disorder were individuals with pre-existing anxiety, depression. Um, So that linkage between mental health and preventing gambling um, disorders is extremely important and something that um, together we need to continue to focus on and expand our knowledge and understanding of this and ensuring that we're we're creating integrated solutions with respect to that. That individuals who had been financially harmed by the pandemic because of job loss or uh, reduction in hours um, were gambling to sub- supplement their income, which is another risky behaviour and, and a message that we need to get across is that gambling is about entertainment, it's about fun, and you you shouldn't depend upon it to supplement your income and then um, another piece is um, that um, individuals we all know based on the studies that people were all um, also drinking more and in Canada cannabis is legal so also um, using cannabis more during um, the uh, the pandemic um, and since they had more free time um, and so, but we also knew that know that individuals who are at risk were also gambling and using alcohol and cannabis at the same time, which is another risk factor because of the potential for clouding one's judgment um, while, if playing well intoxicated. And so that was that's another key message that we've gotten out to particularly young people in colleges, universities, um, through our social media, um, but then through um, in um, other programs and services that we offer as well. In terms of your question about, um, so as we expand gambling in Ontario and Canada, it's very important to take that knowledge and apply it and and be preventative about it and develop prevention strategies, do research to understand what approaches are best in terms of RG messaging, ensuring that it's relevant for the different market segments, you know, and the messaging and the way that we deliver the messaging for teens and young adults has to be very different than the way that we deliver messaging for adults or seniors. And so um, being innovative and, um, and taking that knowledge and using it. And then, you know, your point about technology is a really important one. You know, as the industry uses data as you use um, artificial intelligence and machine learning, there are a number of tremendous tools that are available that can be used in online gambling that don't exist in land based gambling. And we need to optimize that. You know, people being able to go online into their accounts and set money limits time limits the size of their wallet the number of times that they you know they upgrade their wallets and then the uh, potential that the operators have in terms of being able to identify when a player is moving from their regular play into high risk and being able to modulate the kinds of messages that they send to a player can be very very powerful and so you know digital health is is going to be an extremely important subject going forward that will provide us with um, a number of insights. And we're actually doing research right now with Playtech on digital health and what we can put in place in terms of uh, going forward um, to provide individuals with information and tools to enhance one's digital health experience.
0: Thanks for that. If I may call out two messages there, then the first takeaway would be that the individual addictions or anxieties, if you will, do not let or sit in silos. They're rather intertwined. And in a similar vein, there is clearly, or at least should be, a two-way traffic when it comes to consumer protection between the land-based industry and the online gambling industry, because arguably... Omnichannel is the way forward. It I believe that it's very clear to our audience, not only from the brief mention of your CV at the very beginning, that you are a very accomplished leader. And I'm sure that a lot of people are looking up to you and if they're not doing that, then I would label them fools with all due respect. So what would be your advice to those who are keen? on entering the corporate social responsibility space, and at the same time, keeping with the theme of two-way traffic. What is it that leaders like you have to learn from the new generations that may be at the start
1: of their career? Yeah, great, great question. And you know, Martin, I'm just... Um, a couple of days ago, I had the opportunity in, um, uh, attend the NCPG award ceremony and I have to say I was so inspired by the leaders who were recognized at the, that, that event. All of them talked about the fact that they stumbled into this industry. It was never their intention to enter this industry, but they found it such a gratifying and fulfilling experience. The amount of interest, interesting topics, the complexity of this the support within the industry for each other to advance, whether it was an, whether it was a researcher like Rachel Volberg, or someone who was a a counselor that worked with individuals like Heather Chapman, um, you know, they talked about the support that they received from each other, and um, that's really that's extremely important. You know, this is such an interesting and rapidly changing industry i think that this would be a dynamic industry for any emerging leader to want to enter and anyone who's interested in the field of psychology or sociology public health mental health and addictions or even computer science because data analytics are going to be key to the developments in the future of um, the gambling industry and responsible gambling they would all have a very exciting and interesting career i think that we have a tremendous amount to learn from the next generation of leaders listen they've grown up on using technology and um so and and potentially gaming and they've got tremendous perspectives point of view that we would benefit from in addition to the fact that they've grown up with a very strong social conscious as well so you combine that their expertise their knowledge of gaming, of technology, plus their social conscience. We've got a lot to learn from them. They are the future. And I have to say, you know, I did my master's degree in leadership and my thesis was actually on coaching and mentoring the next generation of leaders. I think as uh, we have a responsibility as leaders who've been working in this sector for, um, you know, decades to actually share with the next generation of leaders what we've learned and support them in their development. So I think it is back to your point, I think there's a reciprocal relationship there in terms of support and developing the next generation of leaders.
0: Absolutely, the other message, I suppose, that I would highlight from what you just said is, and that's usually a fallacy, that in my view, it's very difficult to understand the industry from without, without seeing it from within. And I believe that, sadly, there are still people out there who would struggle with certain misconceptions and prejudices when it comes to the industry. And every now and then, sadly, they end up being reflected in pieces of... Regulation, but I will not go there. The last and the final topic I'd like to tackle on this podcast before we wrap up is a topic that is very close to Shelley's heart, it's very close to my heart as well, and that's the topic of diversity. Because uh, as a true leader of uh, the RGC, Shelley has taken a number of steps towards transforming it into a truly diverse organization. So, Shalib, would you mind telling the audience a little bit more about what you've done and what the recipe for your success has
1: been in this respect? Um, you know, Martin, it goes back to um, my earlier comment about um, one of RGC's um, values that guides all our work is humanity. And for me diversity equity and inclusion is about humanity you know as you know as far as rgc is concerned you know there's only one race it's the human race within that there's tremendous diversity and um, our job as leaders and as organizations is to create is to embrace that diversity there's tremendous strength in embracing diversity of thought and perspective and experience in coming up with solutions that make sense, but also to make people feel truly valued and included and that they belong and that they're at the table and that they have a voice is so essential. And so we're working very, very hard within the RGC culture to build that sense of belonging and being at the table and engaging everyone's voice um, in, in our work and secondly also in our relationships with our key stakeholders. It's so important to hear the perspective from an operator, from a regulator. It's also important to hear those perspectives globally. We have learned so much from our expansion into Asia and the UK and Europe and the US and the Caribbean and Australia over the past few years, you know, you cannot take a cookie cutter approach to responsible gambling. You have to take into consideration the culture and values and beliefs of each of those countries and then create responsible gambling solutions that are going to be meaningful and relevant to individuals. And and that's that's a priority. So I'd have to say, I think the secret sauce, if you will, is listening and taking that information and then respecting it and then working with and in collaboration with those partners on creating solutions that will work for them. And um, that's the best way to be an ally, become an educated, make a commitment to you know lifelong learning in this area. Um, reading a lot, just um, as a group, we have a, we have a diversity equity inclusion book club and we just read. So you want to talk about race? And then we talked about it over the course of three hours, three different sessions about what that meant to us and what being an ally means, what microaggressions mean, um, what racism means. And um, you know, it was so enlightening and valuable, but so reading, talking, listening, so important, and then incorporating that into intentionally into our organization strategy. It can't be a silo. It has to be woven into everything else we do, both from an HR perspective, but also from a RG check and research perspectives and programs and services perspectives. Um, it has to be woven into everything that we do going forward. Um, we're we're um, members of the All in Diversity Project, which is a gambling industry diversity initiative. We're proud to be part of it. I think that Kelly and Tina, the co-founders are doing an outstanding job um, and having a real impact. And um, it's it's wonderful to see.
0: Definitely in your and RGC's case, it's a very well cooked sauce, albeit not so secret anymore. Now you've very kindly shared the recipe with the audience. If I may to close this podcast, my usual, perhaps tricky, perhaps unfair question or request. If I were to give you a minute to spell out the value of responsible gambling to any gambling organization, what would be your answer?
1: Yeah, you know, um, Martin, um, I would wanna say that when it comes to responsible gambling and harm prevention, there's no silver bullet. What's, you know, the gambling industry is going through just a lot of disruption and it's going to continue to go through disruption without a doubt um, over time. So what's important in order to create a safer gambling environment, it's important that responsible gambling and harm prevention continue to keep pace with those changes. So we need to ensure that we're we're continually working together collaboratively to innovate uh, and to, and to um, take a and to make research put research and evaluation at the heart of this to understand what is truly having an impact in terms of preventing gambling harms and leverage that and build on that, and technology is going to be an extremely important part of that solution uh, going forward, um, as well. And doing research and using the data that's available from from players, from player activity, etc., to understand behavior, and then once again develop collaboratively um, responsible gambling solutions that are going to have an impact on continuously reducing harms and creating a healthy RG culture within the gambling industry so that we we can create sustainable play and ensure that gambling is the entertainment experience that it's designed to be.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the truly wonderful Shelley White. Shelley, thanks for being with us
1: today. Thank you, Martin. It was a it was a pleasure and look forward to our ongoing conversations beyond the podcast.
0: Likewise, I'm Martin Lichka, and this was the fifth episode of my Save Bet Show. Take good care.